Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. and I want to welcome you back to another video in our series, You Can Homeschool High School. And we're chatting with experienced homeschool parents throughout the series who graduated and launched their own students out into the great big world. And so we want you to see that it is possible to homeschool high school. And we want you to know that we've completely updated our high school section on homeschool.com to address your questions. And it's now jam-packed full of guides and tools and eBooks and printables all to help you homeschool high school. And so before we get started today, I want to introduce my co-host, which is Rebecca Kokenderfer. I'm so glad you could join us again. (laughs) Hi, Rebecca. Thank you. Good job with that last name. It's a hard one. So nice to be with everyone again. Glad you could join us. Rebecca is the co-founder of homeschool.com. She's been retired for a few years now, but she's also the author of several homeschooling books, and she had three of her own children. Um, I'm not sure she homeschooled all three of them, but I know she's graduated some of her children from homeschooling. And so she's here to chat with us today about some basic principles concerning homeschooling high school. And one of those, I kind of just want to jump out here and start talking about this. Um, Last week, we addressed how important middle school was and just the fact that middle school is a wonderful time to use to prepare your students, your, your children that are now maturing and turning into these young adults as they prepare for high school. And so I really enjoyed that, that session we had on middle school, some things I never thought about before. So if our listeners get a chance, they need to head back and listen to that. That's a, a great session for that. And something that stood out to me, and I'm just going to throw this out there, Rebecca, you can comment on it, um, was the fact that our elementary school students turning into these middle schoolers, they're they still are thinking concretely. They haven't quite gotten prepared for that abstract thinking and and the whole adjustment of their physical growth and their emotional and hormonal changes, that middle school is a great time to just let them get acclimated to that. Did you find that true with your own children? You know, I was so glad that we homeschooled in middle school, and I met many homeschoolers who Because middle school, public middle school can be a pretty horrible place. I hate to say that, but I mean, like you said, all these changes are taking place. I think middle school can be, junior high can be pretty brutal. I did meet a lot of families who homeschooled just during that time, and then they went back to school. So they were just short-time homeschoolers. But if you were going to pick any time, that would be a good time to homeschool. Let them be around you a little bit more Mm -hmm. and, and your values and and help them develop their interests and find their center first before they're kind of launched into this big world. Absolutely. And so 
once they've gotten to that place where they're acclimating and they're doing well, they're beginning to be independent learners and self-govern their own education, then it's a great time to step into the big world of high school, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, high school is, it's different. Um, you, you know, I am so about, I don't need a lot of structure in my homeschooling. You know, I had one of my children did. So I tailored it to each one of my children. But um, high school's a different game. And once you know what the game is and you set it up that way, it can really be a huge advantage for the children. I'm so glad we did it. It was much faster. My son, who homeschooled all the way preschool through um, graduation, uh, he tried freshman year in high school. And he described, he just wanted to know that he could do it. And he described it as so much busyness for so little learning. Mm. And, you know, out of the mouths of babes, I think that he really, I think he nailed it. Yeah. So if, if it's in your heart to, to homeschool, if your children are begging you to do it, yes, you just have to think differently and plan differently, but it, you can do it and it can be a tremendous gift. One of my favorite memories was uh, my son's high school, homeschool high school graduation. We had it in our house and we had all of these chairs set up and he was the host of it. And this was kind of a shy kid. And he had his French teacher showed up and his art teacher and his friends and family that were there. And we all talked about the growth that we had seen in him and our best wishes for him to take into life. It was so incredibly beautiful. If you can have a homeschool high school graduation ceremony, I sure would recommend it. Yeah, it was it was precious. Yes. I agree. We did the same with our kids. Yep. So as we're embarking on this great adventure of homeschooling high school, there are some some fundamentals that we really need to keep in mind um, to make sure that we're covering all the bases for whether or not they go to college or they become an entrepreneur or they are able to gain an apprenticeship and begin working on a career that way, whatever their future path, there's still some fundamentals that we have to discuss. And I think the first big one is looking at our, uh, our state's requirements. What does our state require for us? Um, I know you're across the country from me. Did your state require anything special of you in high school? You know, we found that the state's bar was a little bit lower than what we wanted. And what I discovered from experienced homeschoolers, the biggest piece of advice they had is aim for college, even if you end up not going. Because it's hard to unring that bell. A lot of times when you're in eighth grade, you know, you're thinking, no, my, my child's going to become a chef or they're going to go into the military or and, and they may. But the thing is that you have to start on that college track right away, pretty much stay with it. As I said, I'm not a person that's that well organized, but you you have to be well organized for this. And they they have nothing to lose by aiming towards college. Mm -hmm. They'll get a really good high school education. Generally, what that means is four years of English, four years of math, four years of science, um, maybe some advanced placement classes. You know, so it's I like I like the higher bar, mm-hmm. even if we were not going to go. Uh, and, you know, one of my daughters, um, she was on the performance, the ballet track, and she did end up going to a ballet school, but she ended up in college. 
So thank goodness we had that. We didn't know she was going to shoot up to be 5'11", which is over six feet in toe shoes, right? So thank goodness we had that backup. So even if you're doing it as a backup, I sure recommend it. Put that in your pocket. Have it as a possibility. You can always say no thank you, but it's hard to change. It's hard to change junior year. Exactly. That is that is wonderful advice and something that I've tried to do with my kiddos um, so far. Uh, of the, the four that I've graduated, three of them gone to have gone to college or university, and one went to tech school. So uh, my son is more the hands-on, uh, practical trade learner. So um, I did prepare him, just like you said, just in case. And there there were some uh, requirements that he needed that really aligned with that college prep, even though he's in more of a trade school. So I was glad. I was so glad for that, that those words of advice. And I love the alternatives. I mean, I hopefully you're going to have an episode just about the uncollege alternatives. I like them so mm-hmm. much, but planning high school, you know, I like the bar. It's high. You can personalize it. It doesn't say what kind of English for four years. It doesn't say what foreign language, you know, it doesn't say what math, but you can personalize it. But I sure would recommend, you know, speaking from experience, aim for the college. Yeah. And college prep, it, it doesn't hurt. It's not going to um, be something you'll regret, uh, but it'll be there in case you need it. Absolutely. Yeah, I like that. In case you need it. In case you need it. So a few other questions that we get a lot in this preparing and um, getting ready to do well during these high school years is the, the question of, well, I'm not quite sure what kind of courses my child should take or what kind of learner or what learning preferences they have. And so I I personally feel like these play into the how we go about this. You know, how what classes we, we do choose for them, whether they're online or they're textbook based, or maybe they go to uh, take a dual enrollment class at a local college. I feel like we need to consider their their abilities, their learning preferences, and maybe even um, think through what kind of homeschool methodology we personally feel fit our family. And so I'm kind of speaking to new homeschoolers in this area. Um, those who may have already homeschooled through elementary school and middle school would know these things. Um, yeah. But those of you who feel like you need to begin homeschooling right now for high school, these are things that you should work through. And uh, I just want to point you to a great resource that we have on homeschool.com. We have two online quizzes that are so simple to just take. It's uh, basic questions you can answer, and it'll point you in the right direction. It's it's. I like to tell people this. Uh, I would take it two or three times just to kind of make sure that you might not have two or three different learning preferences or maybe two or three homeschooling methods that really fit your family. And with that, you know, a lot of us, I'm sure Rebecca, you can speak to this, are eclectic homeschoolers where we have a few that, That's the most common style, eclectic, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Hey, Jamie, I haven't seen those quizzes. So when you, when you take the um, learning styles quiz, what do you find out? You, well, our most popular learning styles on site, I think there are eight of the most popular. 
So we've included those and, and had questions uh, that parents can walk through, answer the questions, and at the end, it will give them a learning preference or style that best fits according to whatever child or the person taking the quiz. Now, we have found <clears throat> sometimes you'll take it, you'll get the exact same response. Sometimes you'll take it and you'll get a little bit different response. It's not necessarily wrong, but it just means that you might overlap in two areas. And especially when we're talking about um, the homeschooling methods, like you mentioned, eclectic homeschoolers, that's what the majority of homeschoolers end up being. You might you might really love Charlotte Mason style approach, but you also really enjoy unit studies. And you can kind of blend those methodologies to fit your particular tastes. And so, and you know, high school, high school is so different too, because there's a lot of paperwork. So yeah. there are lots of different ways to homeschool high school. And you know, at homeschool.com, one of the things I love the best is we represent every style of homeschooling. I, I think it's the only place out there that really respects all the ways of homeschooling. We're so respectful of, of each other. So in high school, some people, they use an accredited curriculum, um, a curriculum in a box that walks them through high school. Um, and then, or maybe they use, they might use a um, Christian curriculum or they'll use something more art-based. Some of them use charter schools. Um, there are some of them do the paperwork themselves and issue the diploma. So, you know, just so parents know, there's lots of different ways to homeschool high school. Absolutely. Yeah. And find the, you know, know yourself. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm not very good at paperwork. So I got help for that. Yep. Yep. And that, and that's perfect too. I mean, you, you just find what you need to do. If you need help in certain areas, reach out for it. And that's, yeah. and that's what we need to do. You know, we used to, because um, sometimes funds are short when you're homeschooling because somebody's staying home homeschool. So on average, I was really surprised. I thought the biggest challenge for homeschooling was going to be time, but a lot of people said it was money. But there's ways to be creative about that as well. For example, I had, I love math. So I had a neighbor who was a really good cook and I'm a terrible cook. So I would tutor her son in algebra and she would make meals for us. So lots of different ways of bringing in subject area expertise. If you don't have to be, you know, you're most likely you're not a specialist in biology. But one of the beauties of homeschooling is that you have this college entry structure, but you get to find the people to come into your life to mentor your children through high school. You know, another comment you kind of mentioned too, Jamie, is this is the stage of homeschooling where you start, I think, giving the children more and more say over their education. Mm -hmm. And that's so important. And one of the ways of doing that is that learning styles quiz. You're finding out that you're in many ways the same as everyone else, but you're different. So wouldn't you know it, my children, I had three different learners. I had a kinesthetic hands-on, the ballerina. I had an auditory learner, my son. And then I had a very structured visual learner. And one of the things about um, learning styles is that we tend to teach to the style that we are. So I just want to talk, talk, talk to all my kids because that's how I learn best is through hearing, but that's not how they learn best. So I had to adapt 
You know, I would help my daughter develop lists, the one who was visual. And my son who was auditory, he would listen to the required books, sometimes when he was on the trampoline or out on a walk, or for my kinesthetic daughter, allowing her to move. So even in high school, that plays away. I know that when I was in college, I had a hard time with the chemistry textbook. I had to start reading it aloud. Because my learning style, I needed to hear it. So what a gift it is when we give the children, they know how they learn best. They can use that their whole life, not just in high school. When they go to college or trade school or anywhere, they take that gift with them. Yes, and and high school is a wonderful time for them to understand how they learn and what they need to do to learn best. So Absolutely. Very good advice. Another thing, and you touched on this just a minute ago, is that idea of talking with them about their future, asking them what their future goals are. What what are their dreams? What do they want to become? And so I've, I've tried to do this with each of my children before they start high school. And then even more, if they weren't sure before, then keep on bringing up the discussion and you know, eventually they'll get some direction or, you know, even if they don't, again, we prepare just in case, (laughs) but talk about it and let them just share with you what their dreams are. And then we get to do Uh, something amazing, which this is the part I love. We get me too. Such a, (laughs) such a bonding experience. Absolutely. You know, because when's the last time anyone asked you what your dreams are? You know, you may have gone your whole life and no one's ever, they've told you what you should do, what you have to do when, but when has anybody asked you, what are you interested in? What are your dreams? So what a beautiful difference that is in, in homeschooling high school is that you get to bond with the kids during a time in their life. You get to listen to them. It's so nice. Yep, absolutely. And then we get to help them fulfill their dreams, which is even, even more fun, (laughs) such a wonderful opportunity. And so with that, if they do have dreams and they have an idea of what they want to do in the future, then we can kind of begin to formulate this plan that accommodates them or helps them, um, find those stepping stones to their future. And so that's an exciting part. That's what I've loved doing with my children that we've graduated so far. But that kind of leads into the four-year plan, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. But I wanted to continue kind of covering some basic stuff to think about when you're jumping into homeschool high school. And so another aspect is extracurriculars. And just because we're homeschoolers and we're at home doesn't mean we don't include a lot of extracurricular activities. And I know, Rebecca, I've heard you tell stories on occasion about the different ways you've done this for your children. Would you like to share some about that? Yeah, I love the senior project. Um, A lot of schools have senior projects, too. I think it's so brilliant. So my son's senior project was to um, write a novel. And we and we found a tutor who would help him with it. it was one of his English tutors. And boy, that was a confidence builder. And he ended up writing another book and it end, ended up introducing him to art mm-hmm. uh, because he wanted to paint the cover for it. Mm-hmm. So I love I love the senior project idea. I mean, anything you can do to make learning more personal, because 
people support what they help create. And I think that's a big thing to remember as you're, you know, raising your young adult and, and homeschooling them, people support what they help create. So getting them as much involved as possible. Absolutely. And extracurriculars can be athletic and they can be academic. They can even be musical or artistic. And so there's so many options out there. One thing that we've always done is we felt that it's very important to give our children a musical education. And so that's been very integral for, you know, since early elementary. But then when they get in high school, we've done a few different things. We've entered them into some competitions and that ended up being kind of a nice extracurricular activity. Other things that they've done are volunteer at different places. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, a few of ours have been involved in rec league athletics. Uh, Right now, my 10th grader is playing rec league softball, and she thinks it's absolutely amazing. So there are all kinds of extracurricular activities. And something to remember when you're doing that with your high school student, it's so important to document it. Because you want to have it then in the long run when you create that amazing transcript (laughs) at the end of all of your work. And so keep document it, document what years they do what. Um, And, you know, they can do it multiple years. It doesn't have to be something different every year. If they play softball all four years of high school, document it, and that can go on their transcript. Um, it's, It's just a record of. Uh, it gives it gives their future employer or college admissions officer kind of a snapshot of what kind of person they are. You know, one of the biggest advantages of homeschooling is that it takes less time. There's a lot of wasted time in a school setting. Like my son said, so much busyness for so much learning. I, I remember studies show that sometimes out of a 50 minute class, only 10 minutes of that is on task. That's why you'll find a lot of athletes, Olympic athletes and uh, TV stars and movie stars homeschooling because they can get their schoolwork done much quicker and have time for their passion or their to develop their special talent. I think that's a huge advantage in homeschooling high school. It'll give them time to get really good at something and what a confidence builder that is. And of course, it makes them a more interesting applicant for college as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So another basic that we need to keep in mind is that we need to plan a routine or some type of schedule. Uh, We need to have some goals in place because, you know, that old saying, if we have no goals and nothing to aim for, then we're surely going to hit it. Right. (laughs) So having goals in place and everybody's different. I know you've already mentioned that uh, you don't like to plan or you're not super organized. Um, other people are super organized. I kind of yeah. fall in between. I like it, but yet I have a hard time yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Making sure that you have a plan really is so beneficial, especially for these high school years, because there's so much to remember, so much yeah. to keep track of uh, that we're liable to miss something really important if we don't be intentional. And there are services out there that help if you want to do it on your own, if you want to become a private school. There are services out there that help you with transcript creation, with all of the paperwork. So, you know, know yourself, get help if you need it. But you do have to be 
fairly organized. It's it's just different. High school's different. Right, right. So there's a lot of options there, as you mentioned. There, depending on the state you live in, I know uh, California West Coast often uses um, charter schools. Right. For, for kind of an umbrella type school. Yeah. Our side. You know, the charter schools in California are excellent. Um, I'm up here in Oregon, but the charter schools in California are specifically for homeschoolers. Now, there are many homeschoolers who are anti-charter schools because they're anti-school. And uh, so you just kind of have to know yourself. But there are lots of different options out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you can, as Rebecca mentioned, you can do it yourself, which that's where homeschool.com kind of comes in. We have all those tools and resources to help you be able to do it yourself if you need to do it that way. Um, so if you're if you're needing help with record keeping or even your transcripts or even planning, which we're going to get into now here in a minute, uh, creating that four year plan, we've got printables that walk you through those steps and help you do it. So if that's the way you oh, need yeah. to go, head over to homeschool.com. You'll find some help there. Um, so I just mentioned that four year plan. And, you know, really, before I started homeschooling high school. I had never heard of a four-year plan before. <laughs> so that was something that I learned about rather quickly and realized how beneficial it could be in uh, helping me see the big picture for my kids and helping me to prepare them uh, the best that I could for their future. So Rebecca. That's a good skill to have. Yeah, I I think it's a good skill to have that working end backwards and having a four year plan. I think it's a it's nice. It's a good skill to have. You can use it later in life, too. Absolutely. And I like what you just mentioned, that working backwards, because that was something that I was going to throw out before we really dive into this. But that's what the four year plan does. It looks at the future and looks at your child's dreams and aspirations. And then you work back from that to help your child prepare themselves to meet those requirements for their... You know, you, you know, you mentioned, Jamie, that um, my daughter, who was the ballerina, she ended up going to an arts school for the uh, second half of high school. And I did notice that homeschoolers, I, I would encourage parents to have the kids um, do as much of the planning as they can. You, you, we step back, we become mentors for them. You know, less of the teachers, more of the mentors, because being self-learners is really valuable. It's a valuable skill, and they'll take it with them later into life. My daughter, who was the one who went to school, she was always looking for somebody to tell her what to do. Mm-hmm. But the other two who homeschooled, they were really good about setting goals, getting organized, keeping a calendar, setting their timers, showing up for class, knowing when they needed more, knowing when they needed less. Boy, it has served them so well in life. Yes, absolutely. And so one of the first things that I did when I was starting to create a four-year plan for my kiddos um, was to take what I had mentioned earlier about the state laws and whatever requirements that they put on us and make sure that I had either written that at the top of my little plan or um, printed it out and had it with my notes somewhere just so I knew that I was going to cover that. But like you've already mentioned, Rebecca, so often our homeschool endeavors exceed what our state require from us. And so, and that's always a good thing. 
but just making sure that you've got the state uh, requirements, if your state has them. Some states have no requirements, yeah. and that's even better. <laughs> but just make and sure. And the exit exams. A lot of states yeah. have exit exams. They do. And of course, we, you know, we haven't mentioned yet, Jamie, that, you know, SAT, ACT preparation. Mm-hmm. And um, some homeschoolers are so good at this. And they start it early, and that vocabulary building becomes part of their English. And so that's a nice way to get scholarships, too, is to score well on those exams. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something. So we mentioned talking to our children and finding out what their dreams are. So when you go to make your four-year plan, you want to find out everything you can about the requirements. Um, So if your daughter wants to be a nurse, which I have one desiring to be a nurse, I need to go to nursing schools and find out what they require for admissions. And then I need to take that and work backwards and make sure that my four-year high school plan or her four-year high school plan, I should say, includes things that prepare for that. And, you know, we can apply that to any situation, really. I mean, even if it's trade school that you're going to, or if you desire to start a business once you graduate from high school, but finding out their dreams, what those dreams require, and then working backward from there. It's making sure we include that in the four-year plan. Um, We've talked so much. You've mentioned your daughter who uh, was the ballerina and interests, outside interests are so important as well. So when we're planning that that four-year plan, uh, making sure that it's not just what they have to do, but some things that they are passionate about or that they really enjoy. Maybe they don't align with the future career or the goal, but including them, oh, it's so important. Um, One of my daughters, the one I mentioned that's in 10th grade, has recently become quite passionate about macrame. (laughs) So I've tried to get her book and supplies and things to just feed that interest. And so making sure that we include those things when we plan out our our high school plan or our course plan or even the daily schedule and routine that we have, that's that's super important and a great way to keep them motivated and excited about school every day. You know, um, Jamie, we didn't talk about special needs too, but as you know, I have a special needs son And when he grew up, um, one of the doctors said, you know, you did something different. You know, most of the time, the special needs kids we receive have been damaged, but your heart is intact. And I I attribute that to homeschooling, that, you know, it was a kind way of helping him kind of move through some challenges. He's the one who's um, legally blind and is also on the autism spectrum. So if anyone out there has a special needs child, homeschooling can be a big advantage too. And maybe there's a way of combining it with the public services, but helping them figure out what they're good at, because sometimes there's so much that they can't do, you know, so many challenges that they have. But when you homeschool a special needs child, you get to build up their strengths. Absolutely. And give them experiences that they might not have, positive experiences, I should say, that they might not have had 
from going to school. And I think. And confidence. Yes, definitely. I think another area that we can help our high schoolers and we should make sure we plan it in the four-year plan is to include volunteer and even um, apprenticeship or internship opportunities. And so with with my son that I mentioned who was uh, interested in a trade, we were able to do that for him. We were able to find him an apprenticeship. And that has made such a huge difference. Oh, yeah. You know, for the first while, he was really just volunteering and um, taking out the trash, basically. <laughs> but he was able to watch and see what was going on and able to determine if this is something that he was pretty passionate about or not. And so, you know, volunteering or even moving into an apprenticeship or an internship is a great way on both sides of that to find out if it is something they want to do or if it's something that they just aren't cut out for. So they get the experience either way. Um, I, I feel like that's something that we really should be sure to include, you know, if they're interested oh, yeah. in certain fields to get them some hands-on experiences, they might not, they might actually hate it when they see that. <laughs> so, what, a huge, what a huge benefit of homeschooling because they're kind of not trapped in school all those hours. They have more time to do apprenticeships and internships and real world experience. Yes. What, you know, what a benefit that is. You know, when we, when I was surveying uh, experienced homeschoolers, especially those who did it later on, um, they were talked about dual enrollment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, isn't, you mentioned that earlier, but did you know that your, um, your high school junior or senior can take their classes at a junior college and get both high school and college credit for the same classes? And there don't have to be, um, in, person classes, some of them are online classes or using their fantastic chemistry labs. I think that's a wonderful secret. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I really didn't know about dual enrollment until I was on my third and fourth <laughs> homeschool child. And so my first two children didn't, didn't do too much of it, um, but my third and fourth did. And we have found that it was an amazing opportunity. Yes. Yeah. We did what you mentioned. We did online dual enrollment. So it didn't change our daily routine much at all, uh, which I liked because I really enjoy having my children with me. (laughs) And so, you know, those last few years of high school, the fact that she was able to do college work, um, but also be at home with the family, that, that really meant a lot to me. So it's something to look into. And of course, we're going to do another session that's completely dedicated to dual enrollment. So we'll really dive uh-huh. deep on questions regarding that. Um, but yeah, hold your questions and we'll get into that another time. Um, another thing to remember when you're creating a four-year plan is to make sure that you have the foundation for what you want to do in the future. And I know I kind of touched on that, but I want to be a little bit more specific because I found out something a little too late and I I just want to share my story so other people can kind of clue into this. Um, So I mentioned my daughter that wanted to be a nurse and she, she had actually made this decision during high school. So we had that opportunity 
but I did not realize how much science is involved in the medical nursing um, fields. And so I feel like I didn't prepare her as much as I should have in the science fields. And so just looking forward again, like we talked about and finding out what those requirements are, what even what courses they're going to take or need in their future. And then realizing, Ooh, I better do the higher sciences, the more complex, challenging, the biology, physics, chemistry, and maybe even AP level um, versus some of the foundational science courses. And so that was something that I found out the hard way. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's really good advice. If you think your child is going to go into the sciences, have a science heavy curriculum, Mm -hmm. because that's hard to change gears from the arts to the sciences. That's pretty hard. To, to change paths. Yeah. That's good advice, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. And so um, another another thing that I tried to do with my kiddos was to, you know, to kind of prepare them. I know we've sort of mentioned this already, but prepare them for more of that independent ownership of their own education. And, you know, that's something when they get into college, Mom can't be in the college class with them, you know, to, oh, don't forget that assignment or, <laughs> you know, there's this paper coming up. They are going to have to be responsible to keep track of that and make sure that they're on task and everything is, do, you know, right, right on target because uh, college professors are not lenient when it comes to due dates. Yeah. So that's you know, one of the advantages. One of the advantages I think that homeschool high schoolers have is they can develop academic vitality, a love for learning. And I had interviewed the Stanford admissions uh, director uh, years ago, and he said that that's why they, like Stanford at the time, wanted homeschool students Mm -hmm. because they had a rich education, but they, they had academic vitality and they took charge of their learning. Yes. Yes. And I have found that my, my, uh, College students will come home and tell me that there are so many other kids in their class that just act like they don't care to be there, which is sad. It's a sad testament. But the the professors know that they they can see that they can see the difference in our homeschool students and the other ones. So um, that that's definitely something that speaks to the positive nature of homeschooling. You and I talked about it in an earlier interview about keys to success, and one of them is ownership and be here now. Yes. So that's an advantage. You know, your homeschooler, your child can have, your teen can have, your young adult can have, Absolutely. is knowing who they are, owning that, and showing up strong. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And you know, as we as we plan all of this to prepare our young people for their future. I feel like another area that is so important is to get them experience in a lot of different types of classes. And so one, you know, one thing that we've done frequently is to do an online class, do a textbook based class, maybe participate in a co-op or like a live class, um, just so that they can get a feel for the different ways that classes are structured so it's not just one you know it's great to allow them to learn and dwell within their learning preference which they may be they may prefer textbook learning but they're not always going to be 
textbook learning when they move on to higher education. And so just giving them options. That's a great idea. Yes. Um, Adapting, especially if they've been homeschooling their whole life, keeping that end in mind Mm -hmm. and setting them up for success that now they are going to be sitting in a lecture hall. They are going to be listening, taking notes, writing essays. Homeschoolers, one of the weaknesses is writing. Um, I'd interviewed, of course, it seems like everybody has a weakness in writing right now. And most of the universities have writing tutors, no matter what your major is. Um, but homeschoolers can be particularly weak in writing because they, they can show what they know by just telling mom or dad or their teacher. They don't have to write all the time the same way classroom students do. So bear that in mind. You'll probably have to make an extra effort to get those writing skills up. Think, set them up for success. So that they give them practice listening to a lecture, taking notes, writing essays, and the essays need to be good because when they're in college, you know, it's not mom and dad who are grading them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And such good advice. I feel like I'm in that stage right now. Uh, We're working on writing with our, with our current homeschoolers and it really is challenging. I think it's, it's difficult because Mom is teacher, mom or dad, depending on who's doing it, they're with them so much. And then when they've written something, we also critique it. So sometimes I feel like it's it's almost helpful if I get a friend or an outside source or um, we've often times past used time for writing. And that that's great because they have a separate teacher that will go over their writing submissions. And it just helps. I, I feel that just does a lot for them to hear someone else's opinion other than yeah. mom. <laughs> yeah, mom putting red marks all over the paper. That's not exactly great for the relationship. Yes, it's tough. <laughs> and and they're challenged, I feel, to grow a little bit more when it's somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing I wanted to mention to everybody is to not be afraid to change things if you find that it's not working well. I know I've, I've been caught in that situation at different times in my homeschooling life. And I'll just think, oh my goodness, I've spent so much money on this. I can't change it or drop it. You know, I'll put myself on this guilt trip, but you know what, if it's not working or your student is miserable and they're just not learning, it's, it's well worth abandoning that investment. (laughs) You know what, you know what I found helps with that, Jamie, is um, adapting a growth mindset. Mm-hmm. That means we're allowed to have a growth mindset too. And what that means, growth mindset is learning by doing. And so that's really great for us and for them. We're not perfect. And you don't know what you don't know at the beginning. But if you keep a growth mindset, like you said, you start a program, you say, okay, let's look at this. What worked for us? What didn't? And maybe you gift it to somebody else, or maybe it'll work for one of your other students. But keeping that growth mindset that you know we and they get to keep for our whole lives what a gift that is and that's a mindset change that it's so important it's not good or bad it's what have you learned what would you do differently next time it's adapting as we go absolutely and i feel like even in my own personal life i learn best from my mistakes oh yeah yeah when i've messed something up and i oh my i really know not to do that again <laughs> So I feel like our ch- our children need to experience that. Yeah. Well. And that they know too that what's that saying? There's no failure. There's just, you know, a result. 
There's no failure. There's a result. If you get a result you don't like, you learn from it. You do it differently next time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. Otherwise, I think we're so afraid to do anything because that fear of failure is there all the time. And keeping that beginner's mindset, when you start to learn something, whether it be biology or chemistry or a language or history, you suck at it in the beginning. And we can model that for the kids. Of course, you're not good at it in the beginning. You know, they watch TV shows about superheroes and everybody has magical powers and they learn things immediately. They're immediately gifted in something. But that's not the real world. The real world is you you start out at something. You're not that great, but you show up again and again and again. And the more you do something, the better you get at it. So that's a good mindset to keep to just keep going. Definitely. Wise words. (laughs) And then, you know, as we work through our plan, we've brought together all of the things that we need to prepare our students for. We can't forget one big vital element to our homeschooling high school endeavors, and that's the transcript. And so, um, again, we're going to have a session devoted just to the transcript later on, but As we're going along, even from the very beginning, we should be keeping that transcript in mind and keeping records. So it's, you know, this whole process of homeschooling high school, don't, don't wait till senior year to start gathering (laughs) information because you're going to be in a pickle. Um, Start, start right away, you know, first semester of ninth grade, record those grades, write them down, even if it's just in a notebook, Uh, but keep track so that at the end, it's just a simple compilation of everything yeah. that they've done. And it's, it doesn't, it's much less headache if, if you do it all along a little bit at a time. I mean, be honest. You don't even know what you were doing a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. So trying to build a transcript from four years ago, <laughs> exactly. I would not want to have to do that. It's too yeah. hard. Yeah. And but, I don't want to miss some of the great things. Yeah. But I have actually spoken to people at uh, homeschool conventions that have done that. And I, it just kind of blew my mind. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I find that difficult even at the end of the semester, you know, I'd like to make notes about things that we did really well and things that maybe we struggled with. And I'll forget all of that if I don't write it down as soon as the semester ends. Um, so it, it's just, it's kind of helps me to, um, monitor their growth and achievement and see how how well they've done in this area or that area because I've documented it and you know sometimes it's such an amazing surprise because you know I may have forgotten how much they struggled with something at the beginning of the year and now here it's the end of the year and they're doing great but that those notes and those that little bit of documentation will help you remember those things that's why I like learn that's why I like learning portfolios, even for high school, mm-hmm. is because it's validating for them and for the rest of the family. Because you know what it is when you're homeschooling, especially if you homeschool high school, sometimes you have friends and family like, oh, you're going to mess up the kids. You know, yeah. shouldn't you? You know, yeah, it was OK for you to homeschool when they were little. But no, you've got to get them back into school now. 
And I noticed that when you can keep a homeschool portfolio, that's very validating and it's comforting for others. Mm -hmm. So if it's a list of what they've read or what they've done, whether they're in elementary or high school, I think it's nice to have that photo album or to have something displayed when people come by like, oh my gosh, you really are learning so much. And for them to know, oh, I really am learning so much. Otherwise, human nature is what you don't know or where you're behind. It's really good to see, no, my gosh, I did. Look at those cool experiments. Look how I've improved from here to here. Look at all the books I've read. That's pretty nice. I think the validation is important. Right. And you know what? When they are doing well, it gives us that opportunity to praise them and point out how much they've grown, how much they've achieved. Nice little celebration. And it's good role modeling for homeschooling, too, for others who might be interested. And it's, you know, it's comforting to others. And when we comfort others, that also makes homeschooling easier for everyone. Absolutely. It does. So we'll go ahead and wrap this up today. Rebecca, do you have any other encouragement for our high school homeschooling parents? Yeah, you can do it. I know that um, sometimes people stop homeschooling at sixth grade or at eighth grade, and their plan is always to go back into school. But if you're enjoying the homeschooling experience and your children are thriving, you can homeschool through high school and you can do a really good job. Senior projects, a work experience, working with a variety of teachers, having them become an autodidact, a self-learner, which they're going to have forever. And it makes them an interesting applicant for anything that they want to do later in life because they'll have time to develop those special interests. So if you think you or your children might want to homeschool high school, you know, Jamie and I are examples. It's you can do it. My daughter ended up the ballerina ended up going to the London School of Economics. So you, I mean, homeschooling doesn't mean that you don't get to go to good schools. Sometimes it's the reason that you do get to go. If you do a really good job of your homeschooling, making it rich and interesting and taking care of your paperwork, you just have to think and plan differently, but very doable and really rewarding. I would like to see pictures of your homeschool graduation because that could be one of the highlights of your life and validation of all the, all the hard work that you've been doing and that they've been doing. So remember our homeschool.com series, You Can Homeschool High School, will air every Wednesday at 3 p.m. through the month of March and April. And here's to homeschooling with you. Until next time.